This is the Neurosurgery Podcast. Welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast. I am actually here in San Francisco at the ISAS meeting, and I ran into a new friend, Irene Say. Irene, I got to meet... uh, this year at the spine section. I'd heard a lot about her, about her career from my friends. Irene, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay, Irene, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, where you grew up, where you trained and all that. Uh, So I'm from Northern California. Um, I did uh, college at Georgetown in Washington, DC. Um, And then I did medical school in San Diego and I did residency in New Jersey um, and fellowship out at UCLA. Okay, and now your your first job, right, and your current job is at UCSF, correct? My current job is at UCSF. Okay, great, great. So when we were talking, there are so many things that are interesting about your stage of life. Uh, I remember it uh, fondly, and I think back, you know, Michael Puzo told me, and I know I've said this on the podcast before, that the first three years of your life as an attending are the hardest years of your life. It's a big jump. Yeah, it's a big it's jump. A big jump. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations, you passed the boards. Yes, thank you so much. It was um, such a huge milestone, um, and I'm so glad it's over. Was it tough? Was it scary? It was very scary. I mean, it's, it's scary because of what you know is, of what it means, what it means to you, what it means to your mentors, what it means to patients and to other people and to hospitals, um, but it's that stamp of approval that... Yeah, I, I've heard scary stories. Was it virtual? Yes. Okay, so it used to be in person in Houston, and the, there were stories I've heard from, uh, I guess Mary Louise Sanderson used to run the board. She's like the secretary and uh, basically the administrator, I should say, not a secretary, but she she had stories. I mean, people like, there were, there, I, there were some horrific things that happened due to the stress level because people were all together. You know, and Alan Levy ran the Goodman course. Yes, took that. Great yeah. course, you should take it. So it used to be like in person, so everybody's together in the pressure cooker, and then they went into the boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, no, congratulations, Thank big milestone. So, so what I wanted to get at, because like obviously I could talk to the folks in Miami about this, but it's maybe a little too personal. Mm. But I want to get back to this concept uh, Michael Puzo told me about, about first three years being so hard. And, you know, I realized that you are now at third, third, fourth year, going into fourth year? Third year. Third, so you're only two years out. Uh, so this is my third year. So I graduated fellowship in 2020. Okay, so you finished three years as, as, no, as of this month, right? It, yeah. And so you are at one of the biggest spine centers in the world. You're at a place where people are very well known for doing incredibly um, high quality and complex work, right? Giant referral area. Agree. And, and I'm thinking about, of course, Praveen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about uh, guys like uh, Weinstein, mm-hmm. right? Uh, obviously, Chris Ames. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean Chow, who left. Uh, Bobby Tay, who was Orthopedics. a Miami resident, Miami fellow, I should say, Sig Bourbon, David Bradford, on and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a, mm-hmm. there's like probably like what, eight or nine spine surgeons? There's a pretty immense, yeah, there are, I would say maybe at least eight spine surgeons and just an immense legacy and reputation yeah. at being part of UCSF and the Department of Neurosurgery. Now, not to neg on anybody, but if I were to say, and, and to all due respect to Langston Holly and all that, uh, mm-hmm. and Dan Liu, like mm-hmm. UCLA and Georgetown, was it? George Washington? Georgetown was a college. Yeah, okay. And then uh, where you were in New Jersey, that's kind of like a private demics kind of situation, right? Yeah, I think it's changing now. New Jersey specifically has changed a lot in terms of its leadership. So I don't know where it is now. But um, I will definitely say that UCSF is by far probably the largest, most, um, the highest level of academic neurosurgery 
that I have ever seen. Right. It's different. I mean, like spine at UCLA, the kind of cases they do uh, and what you're doing now, I'm talking about just the institution mm -hmm. and orthopedics, too, by the way, because uh, orthopedic spine at UCLA is not as strong as well. When Jeff Wong left, things changed a lot. Right. So you've got very strong orthopedics, very strong neurosurgery. Mm -hmm. And so you took this job. Right? <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> No. No. I, first of all, um, and I'll say this on and off the record, um, this is an immense opportunity um, and just to be a part of something um, so great just in terms of its history for academics and research. Um, and then I'm going to put that brown nosing to the side right now and say that it is still an immense opportunity for at least for me to grow my practice and to grow, to learn different things from people who have been doing this so much longer and better. So I've trained nearly 40 uh, spine fellows and, and even more residents, right? And when I say train them, they, they were under me as my directorship in some capacity. And I can tell you that uh, there are lots of folks that came through that we really liked, right? And, uh, and I don't want to name the names, but the people out there know who they are. I'm like, oh, you should stay in Miami. And, you know, we'd go out drinking and, you know, and it would come down to like me trying to figure out, you know, why, why don't you want to join us, right? And and most of the time, the answer was one of two things. Either it was my wife doesn't want to live here, which is, you know, whatever. Always blame the wife. Or the husband, right? Whatever. The spouse doesn't want to live in this town, which I can understand. Sure. Because um, their family's not there, whatever. And the second most common, and actually the more common one, the first most common is, I'm not sure there's a place for me. I'm I, like, I'm joining, you know, there's Barth Green, Frank Eisman, Alan Levy, you know, Mark Brown, you know, there's all these people. And wh like, what am I going to do here? Right. See, I've never understood, and maybe this is a personality flaw, but I don't, I just don't have that same mindset. I just don't understand that line of thinking. I think if you know that you have something to offer and are you going to do it as well as people who are literally writing the textbooks in the field? No, you're not. But if you know that you have, you have what it takes, you have potential, you're not done learning. We all know that we have things that we can, that we're going to learn new, new approaches all the time. But if you kind of tell yourself, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm kind of a loser, I'm just never... Well, you're not... First of all, I, you're, I, don't, I, don't understand. I, don't, I don't think Praveen had written any textbooks when he was at your stage Probably. either, right? Yeah. And so the reality... Well, maybe one. Uh, but, <laughs> but he but wrote yeah, some no. chapters. Yeah. I'm sure he wrote some chapters. But, I mean, you, your career is, is to be written, right? So there's the, the limitless potential of your career is something that is... It stands on its own, but but a lot of folks are just intimidated. They're they're like, I don't want to do this. Now we're we just finished a season of a cycle, right? Academic cycle. So I hope everybody's gotten their jobs. Uh, but the new people coming up are going to be interviewing now. Yeah. For the the chief residents, right? And the fellows, and a lot of them are thinking about this, and they're thinking, should I go to a place like let's say Rush, where JP is? A lot of spine surgeons, six world renowned spine surgeons in neurosurgery alone. Right, yeah. Rick Fessler, Vince right. Trinellis, right, Harold Deutsch, right, John O'Toole, right, uh, Fontes, right. Uh, uh, you know, th there's there's no shortage of famous spine surgeons, and so if someone says, "Well, why not work at Rush?" A good number of people, even really good people, say, "Ah, I'm I'm scared of that." Like I would actually almost ask you that same question, Mike. Like when you like if you were to redo things, I don't know what it was like when you were coming out and kind of I don't know exactly your you know how you took your first job, but. Is that something that you think would intimidate you? Well, I mean, I, you know, people who know me know it. that it's not easy to intimidate me. But I will tell you, my yeah. first job at USC was very straightforward. Oh. There was no spying going on. There was Srinath Samadral, and he, okay. you know, quickly turned over the directorship to me within a couple of years. And then that was one model. Then I moved to 
Miami where I was spine surgeon number 13. So I, I felt both sides, but I'd already become, uh, I'd already gotten my sea legs at U, USC before I moved to Miami, right? How many years were you at USC? Uh, five years. Okay, so you were already. I was already spine yeah. director, you know, I was, I was okay. but, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, it's intimidating, but you, you took this on and yeah. you took it on with gusto, obviously. So, so can I ask you, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you have mentorship, right? Yeah. A lot of great guys there. Um, and so it used to be gal. Serena was there when you were, when you were, well, no, maybe she left it no, already. No, I, right? I, I never worked with Serena. She had already moved to Stanford. I think she, yeah, she's already at Stanford. Okay. So, so what's your strategy? Yeah, I don't, and this sounds, this may sound like, you know, like happy-go-lucky, but I don't, I, I wish I had a strategy, like this game plan, this like kind of, you know, tactical like almost like preparing for the Super Bowl, but um, the reality is that um, that that I don't like. I think I've realized that things change all the time, and that it's it is a little bit of a. I probably am more cognizant, even as I sit here doing this podcast, probably more cognizant of um, that there that the politics may be bigger than just me as a person, mm -hmm. um, and that um, I don't have the strategy of like, oh, am I going to only do? I think some people have the strategy of only doing. Oh, I'm going to be the blank person mm -hmm. i'm only gonna do mis i'm only gonna do um you know deformity um but i think the reality is that i'm trying to i'm just trying to do good work and do what i that is nor, do the surgery that i know that i can do and kind of where i can grow so um and i just try to be nice to everybody and try to <laughs> just don't piss anyone off and i i do a lot i i say yes to a lot of people i just you know i, I don't think at this point there's anything i say no to yeah and you probably shouldn't anyways right yeah. i'm trying to grow the practice yeah but i mean you're also very confident you know you're confident and you have a kind of you've got a you've got a like a confident optimism i would call it right like thanks you, you feel like you know you if you do the right things it's going to work out right like even then i want to say like yes like i'm so confident but i definitely have moments where where i'm not 100 percent, you know sure about something and i think that's probably the the i think we all do and some there's always that some insecurity but um, but in general, you know, yes, I do feel like if I do the right thing for patients and if I don't know how to do something, I know I've got backup from mm -hmm. people above me. I've got support in, uh, at UCSF. I've got support from a great residency program um, for the residents to help me out when, you know, when we do tough cases. But, um, yeah. So you, you did tell me that you do travel to satellite facilities, Correct. Too, right? Yeah. Correct. So um, I, I travel out to San Jose at, to Regional Medical Center. Um, and there, it's a new endeavor, actually, myself and two other UCSF neurosurgeons. We're bringing neurosurgery to the South Bay, um, really in an area that has typically been dominated by, um, by Stanford. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really just helping to bring academic level neurosurgery to a community that may not have normally have had access to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm thinking Santa Clara Valley Medical Centers had this relationship with Stanford that's been complicated, I guess. Yeah, I don't know a lot of details about that, only that, you know, I know that they're kind of the only other group in the area, yeah. but there is a vast, a, a huge community of people who just don't have access to to neurosurgery. But that, you know, that entails a commitment, right? Because you're, what's the distance, 50 miles? Uh, yeah, like 40, 50 miles, okay. something like that. So. Yeah, so you, you do that how many days a week? Um, God, I'd say most of the, I'd probably say at least half the week. So you drive down to the South Bay two or three days a week? I live in the South Bay. Oh, so you live there already. Yeah. So you drive to UCSF, really. Okay, okay. So that makes it easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But then, uh, then how do you balance that with like not being present for grand rounds all the time and all those pieces, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's something that com- the commuting is definitely um, a part of it, but it's part of my personal commitment to being a member of the department, being staff and assistant professor. That's something that I really just make a priority. I don't necessarily go to every single one, mm-hmm. but um, there are certain ones, like let's say when, we have, when you came and you gave, mm-hmm. a, you know, those are ones that I know that our department really wants us to be there for. So. Do, do you eventually see yourself like being in the mothership all the time? Or what do you think? Or I don't do you know. even know, do you not even want that? Like, That's such a crystal ball question, honestly, because as you know, things change all the time. I think right now it's, it's always like in flux of where kind of where the surgery is, where the call is, where the people need it. Um, well, you're so, like the perfect know. employee. You want a job in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> would you hire me? I love we would. We would because, no, because. It's a struggle. Like I, I think about, we have a lot of young faculty in Miami now, yeah. in Spine, and you know they're they're grappling with these problems. Like I don't, you know, I have to drive to West Palm Beach. But it's, there's no perfect job. I think it's like you can't have it all. If you think you're going to come out of residency or fellowship and think that I'm going to make X number of dollars right. and I'm going to have um, all this support and cases are just going to come to me. I think it's just a matter of, it's your mind frame too, right? So yeah. like, like you were saying, like, you know, when I moved to Miami, it's, um, it's definitely, you can't force the, the patient flow to happen. And in some ways I do feel a little bit of personal accountability that uh-huh. I can't just be expected to be spoon fed, you know, these kind of select group of healthy patients with specific neurosurgery problems. You kind of have to earn the trust of the primary care doctors of the hospital to say, Hey, I know you did a great job. I trust you. And I want to send you more patients, but some of that means that sometimes you may have to take on consults and patients that you may not want to, and maybe as I get older in my practice, maybe when I get to your level, I can start saying no thank you. I don't say no to this day. Like, oh, I see yeah. everybody. I don't screen anything. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I don't say I see every human, but if people are trying to get to me, I'm not blocking them, you know, because they don't have a pathology or don't have an insurance or don't have they haven't stopped smoking. I don't, I don't screen anything. I'm not like, like that's how I am now. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that would ever change. I do feel like there's one, there's a beautiful side of kind of accepting every, everything because that's also how you build goodwill with the community. Even if there's no surgery that comes out of it, yes. that patient may tell their neighbor or their primary care doctor and be like, you know what? I had a great experience and that maybe neurosurgeons aren't so scary and you know, I, I, if someone needed a neurosurgeon, I would send them to Dr. Yeah. J. I, I like how you're saying like it's like being a doctor, right? Because that really is part of it. But let me let me go back to you brought it up and, mm. and there's this sort of resource allocation matrix problem, right? So like you said, like everybody coming out wants all these things and they're the same things everybody wants, right? Money, flexibility, lifestyle, power, control, cases, no bad cases, you know, optimized location, Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So if you were in, and, and I'm going to depersonalize it. Let's not talk about UCSF. Like, sure. let's say that you had the ability to craft a job, okay? Mm-hmm. Forget about the location, right? Okay. And you were to say, here are the parameters. Parameters are things like case volume. Second would be like, you know, pay, however you, however you analyze that. It's a profitable situation for you. Um, you know, time off, flexibility, um, you know, support for research support in academia support like if you were to stack up those things mm-hmm. and i know everybody out there is getting a job they kind of make this little excel spreadsheet and they kind of like lay these things out right for someone who is motivated to, to really be focused i think you are 
How would you rank order that stuff from number one to number? Let's just top three. I feel like you can't rank or I think they're all equally important. And the fact, you know, I, I kind of have to push back a little bit yeah. on you on that. Okay. You can't throw out geography, man. You know, it's like to say that, oh, it's the big elephant in the room. I mean, to some people, it doesn't matter at all. They are more willing to hustle to make a certain amount or maybe to have certain things in life because mm-hmm. your dollar goes farther. But to a lot of people, it is like the only thing. That matter, or if their significant other perhaps yeah. has a really strong geographic for a coast or, uh, or not. So, so I, you grew up here. I grew up in Northern California. Yeah, and did you want to be back here because your family? Yes. Even though you spent all of your training away, all your education was away. Uh, a large portion. Like my residency was out there, but my medical school and fellowship I did out in California. But Southern. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so okay, so you 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 stated it. Geography is really important. To me, geography is important, I, and not to sound so corny, but in some ways, I should be a commercial, but uh, in some ways, it is part of, like, for me, the fulfillment of treating a community that you grew up in, of okay. people, a community I know that I was a part of, a community that raised me, um, but, um, but, yeah, no, I think geography Okay, so, ge- so geography, and I think that's, you know, what we hear a lot, and this, I'm on the other end of this, like, interviewing people for jobs and stuff, and it's always like, okay, well... You know, and they don't ever say themselves. They say their spouse wants to be on a coast, mm-hmm. somewhere warm, in a big city with, you know, the restaurants. Miami, ding, 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 ding. Well, L.A., San Francisco, Miami, right? Um, you know, I don't want to say Atlanta, but, you know, Houston, you know, New York City even. But they want, everybody wants the same stuff. Nobody says, I want to go to a cold place where it's freezing half the year and I want to be in a small little hick town or I want to be in a place where the culture is really backward, right? They all say the same things, right? So you're right. Geography is important. So number two, what's number two? For me, it would be the practice itself. Mm, okay. Of, all right. Now that's different for everybody. The for practice me, is the people or the cases or what, what is it? I actually think it's, it's both. It's both the people you work with and the work that you do. If that is, and like I said, that's different for different people. Some people, they are willing to do any case if it, you know, if it's, if the other two factors like geography or money are, um, are good. But to me, it's like the practice and that means, yes, the people that I work with, not just like other neurosurgeons, but Mm -hmm. the, your nurse practitioner or your PA, um, but also the kind of cases that you do. I mean, I think for some people, they are willing, again, willing to do all kinds of cases, but for me, it's. For example, there's, you may be the same way, certain pathologies. I don't want to be forced to do, like, for example, certain hospital employee jobs, um, not to name names, but there are certain jobs that they will literally dictate to you what what kind of case to do, when, what. You mean like on. no scoliosis kind of stuff? Or, no, I mean like, for example, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think like, um, uh, for example, classically, um, Kaiser Hospitals mm-hmm. has been um, known to be um, more restrictive. Yeah, on its, on its surgery. they don't want expensive surgeries being done if they can help it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And number three. Number three. What else did we say? Number three. Geography, cases, volume. I think that's. Um, well, there was there was uh, there's money. There is practice uh, pro- practice programs. Yeah, pr- uh, lifestyle. There is yeah. research support. There's yeah. academic support. Yeah, I think those are the main ones. Okay. Did we say another one? No, no, but which would be number three? Oh, number no, three for me? Um, I mean, um, money is probably the third one. Yeah? Yeah. Be- at least for me now, in, my, in the early part of my career, 
I think it's less important. I mean, people always tell you, I'm always been advised, like if you do the right thing and you set up your practice in the right way, um, the money will come. I see. Okay. And do you feel like you're getting all those things now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm early on, I'm early on in my practice here. Um, so while I say that everything is, um, you know, I don't think there is any perfect job. I think, especially with building out a new, there are always the kind of ups and downs with trying to build a practice in a hospital that has never seen neurosurgery. Um, and so there are sometimes those, those struggle points. Um, but it's also part of you're creating something that no one else has done there. And I think it's very easy to walk into a job where, um, where everything is, is already set for you. I think that's, everyone looks at that as an ideal job, but, um, but yeah, I don't think it's perfect. No, there, there are definitely points of areas of improvement and things I wish were better, but it's a work wow. in progress. Well, I'm looking forward to following your career. Uh, you've been very generous with your time and I look forward to having you back to do like maybe a debrief in a couple of years, see how things are going. <laughs> um, I, I am in all of your group. I mean, obviously Praveen's one of my good friends and I think you have an amazing spine program and I know you're gonna make it better. So look That's forward so to having you back. Thank you so much. Disclaimer time. The opinions and ideas expressed in this show are solely those of myself, Dr. Wang, and our guests. They do not represent the opinions of any professional institution or organization. This show is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute the giving of medical or legal advice. Listening to or participating in this show does not constitute continuing medical education or any other professional certification. It's just a show, everybody.